Welcome to Black Girl from Eugene. I'm Aisha Elliott, and I am here with Maisie. Hi. And I'm here with Leanne. And you are our first time guest. Yes. Yes, and this is, we've already arranged that she will be coming back. <laughs> we've already talked about, like, maybe several times. Right? We've come up with just literally <laughs> black women get together, and we're like, can we talk about all of these things? Uh -huh. Yes, we can. We can talk right. about all of these things. Yeah. I feel like most of my episodes, like, most of the podcasts can be done in, like, series of 15. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and yep. so a lot of it, just, right? Yep. So um, I generally start off with some announcements, so this year, this today is not any different. Um, I am today. I don't think it's been today. It may be just this week. I've been on the radio at KEPW.org for one year now. Yes. Yeah, it's actually really crazy. I know. I've been doing the podcast for over a year, but when I came back to Eugene last year, I met someone met me at Country Fair while I was doing the NAACP at the social justice booth, and I was talking about white supremacy, as I always do. And they were like, Have you thought about being on the radio? And I was like, <laughs> No, I haven't, but I have a podcast, you know, and they were like, we want you on the radio, and so I, they grabbed me, and I went, and I've been there ever since, and so they have done a lot of work since the quarantine to make sure that my show, because I'm doing this in my office where I know that it's, you know, COVID safe, you know what I mean? So it's like, they, I have, um, I haven't been back to the studio, and they have been, like, by proxy recording and, and placing it on the air for like almost since March, you know, so it's been crazy and they've been doing a lot of work. So thank you KEPW for seeing me and grabbing me and putting me on the air. It's been awesome um, and I appreciate you guys and it's been a whole year. With it being a whole year, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I was thinking like, I don't think I've taken a break and we're going to talk about this today, but I don't think I've taken a break for since the trauma of like my head injury and the assault all the way through the healing the court, the, the health problems, then back over from stress, recovering all the way through, and now here, I've not taken like a break mm. from anything. Wow. I've just been co consistently healing, like really directedly like meditating and yoga and like moving and taking time away, like really yes. just, so this is the first time in my, in the last, I'm gonna say six years, that I have been able to like say, I feel normal, and I am gonna take a break with some friends and go have some fun. So next week, yeah. I will not be on the yes. like live. Yeah, yes. next week, it will, there will be no live, because I'm Good going to Crescent Lake, and I am going to camp. Get it. Yes, wow. and I am gonna have that space. so much fun with <laughs> a couple of my girls who have been helping me with my business, and with Black Girl from Eugene, anti-racism, they work full-time and help me. So we all need a little break. So we are, have been planning it, counting the days. You know, I'm like, how many more sleeps until I <laughs> How many more sleeps until I get to go? I'm so excited without, you know, none of my kids, like everybody. We just, it's just yes. us, adult time. You know, yes. adult time in the forest. Don't, don't ask, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. Those are my two announcements. Of, of course, Patreon floats me every week. I'm able to get some new equipment. Um, I'm able to take some money and, and put it into other projects that are that are here for Black Gold. More projects that I'm doing for kids education program. Um, we have an announcement coming out this week, so please look for our Black Gold education program announcement. We have some amazing teachers that have come through from different, they're all BIPOC, and they've come through from different places around the world. And we have a teacher in Rwanda who will be teaching classes. Oh. Yeah, we have a teacher in North Carolina. We have one in Oakland. Um, I, one in oh. Canada, if I'm remembering right. 
Um, and then so we these folks are coming through to teach our kids and so that is going to be yeah it's going to be amazing it is for cost we also have a um, sliding scale and we also have scholarships so there's that there's zoom K through five will be in person Um, so we'll be doing storytelling and different projects with the K through five so look out this week we will have an announcement registration will be out this week as well on the website um, and that is uh, blackgoldcc.org. Uh, I'm like trying to remember which one it is. Go tag out four all in one place. <laughs> this is my life. Like, why do I do that? Why? <laughs> why do I do that? Blackgoldcc.org. Uh, look for it. You'll see an announcement on the page. Anyway, I'll be blowing it up. Um, so, you guys, I've done enough of my announcements. They have some of their own. Uh, you guys are with the Willamette Racism Response Network, yes. um, but I'm going to let you guys start off in just an introduction, and then we're going to get into it, because we have some conversation today. We have a lineup of things. We're going to be talking about black value. We're going to be talking about black mental health. We're going to be talking about um, being paid for our work, how, what that looks like for people. This conversation is going to be pretty thick. So, yeah. Sure. yeah. All right. So, go for it. You had an announcement, Leanne? Let's go. Well, we'll do the announcement after, huh? Okay. No, we'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. All right. All right. So, well, I put them on the spot. How do I that? Let's go. All right. So, Willamette response. See, I'm not. I feel better. Racism response network. So we are brand new. Yes. We were founded in June of this year. Um, you know, we saw a need, which is racism response, which is taking care of our BIPOC, and that translates to educating kids. Exposing white kids to black people. Yes, um, it's a big deal. Block. Yeah, it is. Yeah. In, in in a like a teacher role. Yeah, in a in a an education role because I mean there's this uh, meme going around. I'm gonna tangent really quick. The girl, but there's this, this, this meme going around of like when was the first time you had a black teacher? Oh yeah, yeah. I was in college. Were you? When was yeah. the first time you had a black teacher? College. Shout out, Mark Harris. Uh, I love you. Oh, it was Mark Harris? Yes. That's so funny. And yes. were, were yours, you were here? Same thing? Yeah, I was a French teacher. Oh, oh yeah. she was, he or she was he French? was French. Wow. Nice. Oh, that's even but, better. What? <laughs> like, yeah. how messed up is that? So that's something that's, you know, really a priority for us. But also just like taking care of BIPOC mental health, normalizing it, making it safe, mm-hmm. um, that's really important. And, you know, I'm a mental health therapist. Macy is a social worker, mm-hmm. you know, so um, it's really important to both of us. Yeah. But, um, you want to say something? Um, so I think with WRN, we try to focus on caring for the BIPOC community and what that looks like is weekly support groups. We recently did a discussion panel, and then we also had BLM story time with ponies that was amazing. For littles. And so it's about just building community and just 
letting people know we all exist here. Yeah, we sure yeah. do. We, we sure all exist here. Every week you see us existing here, don't you? No, but <laughs> you, the truth of it is, we and the, the Black Gold Education Program and you guys, we are going to collapse. Yes, we sure yes. will. We will. Yeah. So if y'all out there being like, ooh, ooh, we're about to do something. Yeah, we and don't do it. Get support separately, support together, because it's about to yes. be fire. Yes. And, I, and the thing about it, I was, we were talking about this off air, where I was like, I just want to recognize um, how black women bringing together resources like this mm-hmm. in the community because I, I've been on this kick right now and I'm into astrology girl don't get me started <laughs> I want, I'm into astrology and there's a thing about it right now in the in the cosmos and I'm not gonna bore y'all but y'all know I'm into it so I have to bring it up because I look at it every single week and there's something right now talking about in the stars talking about the leadership role switching and understanding what yes. is it, what what has always been here mm-hmm. and not recognize like the shadow is moving right. into like to showing what's right. always been here and that needs to be that needs to come up and, right. and in leadership. And that to me is right. black women. Yeah. We've yes. always been supporting and we we're always actually more than supporting. Like without us it wouldn't happen. No. Right. But yet we've never yeah. been the forefront. See, and I talk yeah. about this all the time being that black women are the highest educated group in America yes, for some years running and yet we're not leading. Yeah, right. That so somebody is closing the door when, yeah. when we are highly qualified to be in front. Right. And so I wanna applaud y'all because I know there's yeah. a lot of black women who are in the group. You know, the same with my group, we're all black well actually we're BIPOC and I have one white woman who is uh, who is key to our administration? Like she is right. just an ally. All she just what I need to do. She and she's like this. She, <laughs> that's all she does. She's just that's like this. I mean, she killed two it. White people in ours, and they're the same way. Right, right. Yeah. To do like they're the doing the work. The scenes, doing that work. Yeah, so great. So yeah. I want to give shout out to that. Just in um, and not to say that we don't want men, more men involved. We do, mm-hmm. but this is a time to for to hear black women speak, hear black women lead. Mm-hmm. Listen to where we're going because mm-hmm. we've never, it's not new. Right? Right. We've been in the cut the whole time. We've been here. Well, we've been and here. I we've think been here. the other thing to talk about is, is when trauma happens, mm-hmm. crisis happens, black women create. Mm-hmm. That's literally what we that's do right. yeah, is we there. create, whether yeah. that's Food in our kitchens, which you all know that's a me thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cooking, mm-hmm. art, poetry, programs, mm-hmm. communities. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. telling you, when in crisis, black women shine. We shouldn't have to, but we do because that's what we've kind of been rust into yeah yeah I and mean, that I, role of just creating yeah. well the truth of it, like we were talking about the trauma right mm-hmm. the truth of it is is that like uh, the, the the genetic trauma that black mm-hmm. folks have have worked through all of these years right right the black woman has always been the core of the family dynamic yep. right now we don't talk about black men and, or men Period, but that's really the patriarchal view, and it's really it a white colonized yes. view. It is because in, in right. you know in ancient times, women were the ones who who protected the village, protected yeah. the house. We were the mm-hmm. one that called the shots. So it switched over. Um, and I'm not a historian, so I can't tell you the year. And people be like, "What year did it happen?" I'm like, "Look, look, you know what happened. We already got it talking about 1722, but you know we got it in our DNA. We already know. Right? We feel better. It's 1625. Like I don't know. So, so what I'm saying is that, like, I think it's you know, 
really resilience is what we do. Mm -hmm. It's kind of in our genetic pool right. to, to be so. And right. because black women are the center mm -hmm. of our growth and our reproduction and our our livelihood moving mm -hmm. forward, mm -hmm. that creating in crisis is kind of what goes along with the role. <laughs> it right. just goes along with that role ever since into our ancestry. Right. Okay, so let me... So I'm gonna plug something. Oh my gosh, for no, no, it, this is very. <laughs> 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 I know we just went. No, no, but this is gonna. So one of the biggest things that we have uh, just recognized in this community is not only you know what we talked about care, mental health, but we don't have anything here for BIPOC kids. Which oh, you know, yeah, yes, yeah. you're starting, you're creating. Right. But, you know, as a, as a single mom, I'm like, well, I don't want to put them in, you know, stuff for white people. You know, yeah. I want them to be around brown kids. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that we are doing, which this is an announcement that we have not yet announced anywhere else. Full stop. Breaking news right now. <laughs> you are going to want to hear this. Breaking news. Full stop now. Go. <laughs> All right. So we've got horse camp, which is... For riding horses and, and whatever, horse, horse stuff, <laughs> horsemanship, it's for white people, right? Isn't it equino? Equine? Equine. 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 Okay, white people. We have um, four uh, horse camps uh, on the books right now that we, we're going to release um, the forms for signing up. This is 100% free. Yay. Um, and it's first come, first serve, and this is for BIPOC kids. What age group? With priority for black kids. Um, age group, I don't think we really have one, just kids? Okay. I think we did like four and up, just because they can That's, no, be I think, directed. Yeah, I think it was three and up, but yeah, but yeah. Wow, um, I'm gonna have to put my grandson in this. He's three years yes, old. He's gonna be like looking at the horse, like, "What is that?" <laughs> my three-year-old, my three-year-old loves horses. Yes. But one thing, you know, that I, I had an experience where I had my kids in um, uh, horse lessons, and you know, this black and brown family, because their dad is South American indigenous and very dark, and my kids are dark. Well, my oldest daughter is pretty dark. Um, and the looks we got. Yeah. The looks. Like, you guys took the wrong like, turn. What are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing here? So, um, you know, that's my own personal experience, my kids' personal experience. And, you know, it's it's really important to change that narrative. Yeah. You know? We have somebody who watches the show, Dwayne Perry, who's a yes. physician. Yeah. And he actually wants to get kids into to, to areas outside black children into areas outside that we just don't occupy like he does rock climbing so he's like let's get yes. the kids indoor rock climbing yes. you know um, i'm a scuba diver and so it's like i that's yeah girl there and when i lived in houston we had a, a black scuba diving team and we would always like laugh because we'd always be the only black people what? and whenever we would jump into the water just we had one dude jay dumb and i will never forget him he'd be black people in the water no he's like black folks in the water and then he would jump off because it's like we yeah. black folks don't like the water. There's a genetic thing going on right uh, there, and so no, it's like the water when we almost drowned. That's what I'm saying. It's it's there's a genetic thing with, with, with the true. ocean, you know. <laughs> yeah. So in our hair. Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, but um, yeah, you would be black folks in the water, and we were called the Nubian Dive Team. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, we had we had, no. we had towels and everything. She had a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
folks and children especially yeah, to, to broaden the horizon of like this is not white folks stuff you know mm -hmm. what I mean this is not white people mm -hmm. thing we can we can hike we can do it yeah. there's trauma behind those things why we don't do it it's right. like when I go into my friends like in the south and they're like why 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 would you be hiking up a mountain for, and for what like, what is the means yeah. to this end right. you know, we, don't, yeah. we don't do that we don't do that so you know like, <laughs> You know we do, what? actually. <laughs> why not? Why not? Because, oh, we could talk about that all day. Like, there's no reason why not. But, but there's not a reason why not. Right. Yes. So, yes. I, you know, I can speak to why I don't. Yeah. And you you both can speak to why you don't. Yeah. But a lot of it, I mean, just like we were talking about before, internalized, you know, stuff, the struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, we just don't feel like we fit. Right. There. Yeah. So we got to start young and say, you do. You do yeah. fit. You do fit. You fit you wherever fit. you feel like fitting. Yeah, you do. And when you do it, it's a black thing. Because <laughs> yep. you just yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just did it. Therefore, now it's a so, black thing to do. So, breaking news, black kids are riding horses now. That's amazing. <laughs> so, where can I find the registration? And I, I so, hate me. Where can I find this? So check our Facebook page, okay. which is facebook.com slash WillametteRRN. Okay. Or our website, WRRN.org. <laughs> okay. Um, and it'll be either later today or tomorrow that the form, the sign-up form will be put up. Yay! And how many kids are you guys looking for? Are you going to be doing this in series, or is it going to just be like We one? have four different camps. Okay. Four I'm days. Great at math. Of, like, same Four days. Camp. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, ten wait, how many people is it? So, <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah, I read them on oh. the spot. Oh, stop it. Uh, yeah. The details are... Right. They exist. I just right. can't remember. Right. Horse okay. camp exists. Okay. Details will be out today or tomorrow. Sure That's what you need to know. Do you guys know where, where, where it's at, though? Like, where did you guys get the stall? Yeah, yeah. So, um, actually, one of our leadership, one of our wonderful white people on our leadership team yeah. is um, has a... Uh, a Ranch? It's a ranch, or, or yeah. they have they oh, have stalls. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she, so she does horse lessons already. She owns it, and so she um, was able to get sponsorships. So somebody paid. Oh, jeez, I didn't say that. This is free. Yeah, no, you didn't say that. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. Okay, so somebody sponsored the horse camps, and so it's at her um, place where she gives lessons. And, and that's amazing. I when I was young, I had a woman in my life who was also white who had a horse. And kept it, and so I was able to ride horses when I was young. Mm -hmm. I remember the horse I learned on Boychick, and uh, yeah, and we always like his name was Boychick, and we always, uh, um, I always rode a Boychick all the time. And when I was younger, and I loved him so much, and I just realized that that is probably something. I mean, I didn't just realize it, but it's something that people don't get to experience. But I can tell you. When you're a little kid and you get to mm -hmm. see some, a, a magnificent animal like a horse and you get to bond with them because it's not as much when you're younger as to controlling the animal it's like i get to be with this animal mm -hmm. and they're so big and so magnificent and i just remember those were some really good times of, feel, mm -hmm. of feeling big myself like i felt like majest majestic like the animal was like i felt like we were like yes. doing this magical thing together yes. and so it really does give a lot of self-empowerment to be able to have a little person on top of this big animal and then take care of each other. Yeah. It's a really good thing. I really like applaud you guys. Yeah. yeah. Good job. You know, my oldest daughter, she's really quick. I no, yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, my oldest daughter, so her dad and I separated uh, for a bit when we first moved up here. And well, we eventually got divorced, but whatever. That's, right. that's another story. But um, uh, she became mute. 
for two years. And one of the things that helped her so much was being able to communicate with horses without speaking. Yes. Her body. Yes. You wow. Know. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a healing thing. You guys can provide. Yes. I mean, people think, oh, horses, yeah, but it's really yeah. healing. There, there's something very magical about that bond. And yeah. If you're scared, it's go because go. just take time. Don't, you know, just take your time. But I, I would suggest anybody, this is a great, this is really, really good. I love it. I'm excited. And I, and I honestly am going to run to that, to that sign-up sheet because I really want to go with my son, my grandson. Yeah. Um, so t- uh, Monday's Labor Day. And so we're about to talk about our expertise and how this is not being, not, okay, so I have a different experience. I don't have a different experience. We all grew up here, like around proximity of whiteness, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't have white parents, right? But there's so much you can do in your household, and then you go outside, and everything you do, and everything you are, and everywhere you are, your teacher, your, like we said, no black teachers, no black friends, no black store clerks, no black hair products, no black, you know what I'm saying? So it's almost like you end up having to compartmentalize, or, or, or uh, like my household was black at home, and it grounded me. But then I had all this other stuff that where I had to perform and be me, right? Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a split like culturally house like for me I like split culturally right mm-hmm. so then when I was a little bit older I went to Latin America and spent time there and then I went to the south and spent time there so my my consciousness is really actually more multicultural than it is one or the other right mm-hmm. but the pain from my childhood here which we all share uh, growing up in this close proximity to whiteness having white folks in your family that pain of growing up here now as we get older, we have our own expertise, mm-hmm. right? You know, both y'all hold master's degrees in mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want y'all to understand that. Master's degrees in mental health. I have two separate degrees that are not <laughs> master's degrees. I have, to, a ba- I have a bachelor's and I have a nursing degree. Those things are real, right? Mm-hmm. And, and important. Have, and, and important, and I have a minor in sociology. We have, there's mm-hmm. a lot of work that's been here. Right. But beside the education factor that we have, we also have lived experience. Right. You better believe it, yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. So we've all been talking about how it's hard for us, for some reason, to ask for our worth mm-hmm. in the work that we do. Right. So I want y'all to speak on it, because I know y'all, you were having some, some issues with the idea. Now, where did it come up that you weren't charging the right amount? Like, did you get that content, or were you just thinking, like, how do I charge? So, I mean, for WRN as a group, yeah. um, I actually brought that up. Uh-huh. Because I said that if we have black and BIPOC people taking out of their time to go and speak, they need to be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that is time we are asking of them mm-hmm. to pretty much be vulnerable, do the work mm-hmm. in a public eye. Yeah. And so I said, yo, we're going to pay these people and mm-hmm. and we are going to figure out how to do it. Right. Well, and not only that, but if we ask for a space that's owned by BIPOC people, mm-hmm. you know, we would never ask them to volunteer yep. that space mm-hmm. to um, donate anything. Mm-hmm anything by BIPOC people, we will pay. Right. That's something that unilaterally we decided because it's too not many fair times to not. people have exploited us. Yeah, right. We're not going to exploit my pop people. Right, and I think that's a good point. I sometimes I struggle with that that concept actually because I feel I struggle with it because I'm like 
if I have a space and I had a Bangkok person who couldn't, I'm not going to not. You see what I'm saying? I have a space. I'm going to give it to you. You don't have to charge me for this. I, you, don't, I don't have to pay for this. I'm going to help lift up my black right. my black folks because we, we're we starting from scratch. We're, we, I know we're starting from behind. But to the, I think the idea is the expectation that I would just give it for free. That is where, mm -hmm. that's where the problem for me is. Because of course, if I have something and you don't have something and we're working in the same direction, I'm going to help you out. Right. I think that's the right thing to do. But the expectation that because we black, we go, hey, we skin folk, we can't. No, like, I mean, I'm working over here. Like, if, so if you have the means, mm -hmm. and even if you don't have the means, okay, well, I'm sure there's a, a way that we can help each mm -hmm. other out where I can right. be lifted and you can be lifted. Yeah, right. But it's just that expectation um, uh, from other black folks, black folks, but white folks mm -hmm. acting <laughs> as if they're giving us opportunity by, by just showcasing us versus paying us for what we we have the, and the my whole point with the lived experience is that lived experience is a phd okay damn right it is let me let you understand lived experience for someone who can articulate their pain and their healing that's phd level shit. that's all i'm saying so don't underestimate a person of color who is coming to you to, and saying i can help you do this stuff Mm -hmm. I got this expertise. I have lived experience in this space. I've done this work. Mm -hmm. You just hit the honey jackpot. Pretty much. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's different coming from the books. Like, we all know. Oh, yeah. We'll read about ourselves in the mm -hmm. books and be like, this is some bullshit. Right? <laughs> yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? We'll yes. be like, this is what y'all read? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We have the white man letter behind yep, sure our do. names, right? Sure so we can tell you that what you're looking at on that on for those letters really ain't about shit if you're not if you're not really actually living that experience because you're getting this. I mean, I don't know anybody who will be real about that and look at the education versus the life, real life, and go, yeah, it's the same. Who's gonna say that? Uh, the white people in my life. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's I mean, what they understand. That's what they understand. Yeah. And then when I, like, it's this thing where I tell white people the experiences I've had plus the educational experiences I've had with institutionalized racism and, like, the white people ceiling and all of that type stuff. And it's almost like this disbelief. Mm -hmm. That I cannot hold a master's. What what is that? What is that? Because I'm telling you, I'm smart, <laughs> I'm educated, I may be loud, but that's alright. Um so, but like what is that disconnect about not believing black women who are educated? Well, I mean, you know, it goes really far into why mm -hmm. you can't believe it because I mean they don't we weren't reading 200 years ago, so how right. are you going to go from not reading to a PhD and then be like, okay, like killing it on top of that, like right. being, being eloquent and being poised and mm -hmm. with all the things that we are, I'm air quoting, complaining. There goes my train, y'all. Dang, every time the train comes through, so sometimes I feel like it's early. You know what I mean? I feel like you like riding in the middle of my deepest. Come on. I'll be like in my deepest. <laughs> 
in, in this is the problem I have. We are always talking about how white folks see us. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And the reason why here, up in the Pacific Northwest, why this genre, and I'm air quoting genre, of black folks mm-hmm. is a little special. We're a little different. Mm-hmm. We are a little different because we have gone through real trauma that we are actually having to peel away very close relationships to whiteness yep. to be able to see our blackness without community to support it. Right, and I and I mean the support, the community that we have isn't solidly black. Like this is not a black consciousness that we are working in, right? We are working in a black consciousness that actually, you know, is struggling, right? Because we are so tightly wound to what white folks want us to be. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I realized fairly recently is that we are conditioned to always center white people Mm -hmm. it's just I was having a conversation the other day about having um, black people in leadership Mm -hmm. all all, like a all black I think I was talking about like some sort of I don't know whatever Um, and I was saying like don't worry white people we're gonna set we're gonna think about you yeah we always do right Right. we we always put them Mm -hmm. first I learned that the day I was born, you know, not exactly, but you know what I mean. And so, you know, this, this struggling of the black consciousness is also just because we have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. We've got to unlearn these things that. Yeah, no, I think it is specific. I keep saying that it's specific to this area, and I know that it's not. It's just, per, it's just prevalent. It's just sure. deep yeah. up it's here, deep. right? Yeah. It's deep up here. Um, and I think it's really important that when we are discussing these ideas is to understand how closely you're still relating to whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're still feeling like you have to somehow apologize for your greatness mm-hmm. or for your ability. Mm-hmm. And the truth of it is is that our ability out, because we are always taught from a young age, and I don't know if in your household you all were taught this, but from a very young age, as you grew up, you were told, I'm sure, you have got to do better than your white counterparts. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. But I mean, you have to do better. You, yeah. I don't have a. I I didn't have a choice. I mean, I'm gonna just be real. So I got raised down in Cottage Grove, Oregon, and which is a very white town. Um, and I did not have a choice but to do better. That is how I like. That is how I had to live mm-hmm. because if not, then I would be the stereotypical black girl yeah. who is an educated, talks hood, whatever. Um, which is which is racist. Which itself. is racist, but but yeah, yeah I know what you're right. saying. Right, and yeah. so pretty much I became educated because one, that's what I got taught is that school is the end all be all, which is I'm gonna call bullcrap on that right now. Um, but also that there wasn't any choice to not be better than I thought of myself. Mm -hmm. So therefore now internalized, I'm a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I am the biggest critic of myself, Mm -hmm. even when I'm knocking it out of the park. Mm Like, and that's all internalized because I was told I have to be better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and that's funny because everyone take, now I'll tell you how I took that, but I want you to talk about like 
with your conversation with the idea, did you feel like you had to be better as well? Like you were like, I know that I can't be, like average for us is, is like way above par. And yeah, and so. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I was raised by a white woman. Um, and it was a little bit different. It was like the expectation was always that I was going to fail, mm. you know, just yeah. because I'm black, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it was just always, you know, I was going to be on welfare, which there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But that was going to be, I was going to fall into the system and I was going to stay in there. Yeah. That yeah. was the expectation. But I grew up in like a very affluent, white Jacksonville, Oregon, if anyone's familiar. Yeah. It's really scary. It's like Get Out. Yeah. Like that movie Get Out. That's like that's <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like for me, um, it was uh I always had to prove myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I always have uh, I always have the um what is it called? Uh when you're always uh the heck is it called uh when you're like always questioning yourself like am i good enough self-doubt just well uh no it's like a like a phenomenon like you're you're always imposter syndrome oh okay, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah 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 so that's something that i've internalized like i'm never gonna be good enough yeah and so i got my master's um at the end of my 20s because i uh you know, it was then yeah. that I realized some of my value. Right. But throughout um, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, um, undergrad, you know, there was always this expectation of me by the educators that I had to do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that I, w I was not held to the same standards as the white kids right. in my life. Okay. Right. Well, no, they were you, all white kids. You can't show up and just be you. You gotta uh -huh. show up and be all these other things mm -hmm. too. And then right. still have to prove that all those are valid. And, and it's like, even when you show up and have all the answers right, then you gotta ask, where, where'd you get that answer? Mm -hmm. You got it all yeah. right. Where'd you get that answer? Because yes. we actually yes. having this discussion. With, so I can't remember how I, I guess it was yesterday. I don't know, girl. I've been talking to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, and we were talking about, you know, um, the idea that, you know, Kamala Harris and Barack Obama were never not black until they were into a position of power. And then we got to talk about how not black they are. She's actually East Indian and black. So that's why she could get, she's actually black and white. And that's why he could be, it, it couldn't be. Now his lived experience and her lived experience by, by verbatim of them both, they're black. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They can't walk the door talking about I'm this and I'm that. They are black by by proxy and by phenotype. Mm -hmm. So their lived experience is a black lived experience, which right. means all of these things, when people mm -hmm. don't understand what's a black lived experience, it's all of these things. It's all of those things. It's it's actually recovering. It's actually getting it's actually healing from from you know, inherited trauma. It's actually mm -hmm. showing up for yourself, mm -hmm. believing in yourself, mm -hmm. when there's not many people around to believe in yourself with you. Mm -hmm. This is where the black family unit is so important, so important. and why the black community is outside the black family unit is not there. The black community is so there because society is telling us that we don't matter and we are saying how much does that mean? Like do we matter a little bit? Because over here we matter and over mm -hmm. here we don't matter. Right. So like 
where is it that we matter? And then if we don't have black community, like we don't have, mm -hmm. like, right. or the community that is there is struggling themselves to show up in an authentically, in a, an authentic way, then it's always a healing process. Like it's constantly yeah. fighting against yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Well, this is a perfect example right here. We mm -hmm. matter. Yeah. Yeah. But do we matter you know, when we walk out the door? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a conversation, right? Like it's like it's actually negotiated. Like right. what what are we yeah. talking about right now? Right. right. So the thing is, is that when you were talking about how do I, how do we, we make these prices for our, our work? Like how do we set our our value? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that you said to me, both y'all, was like, we're not sure they'll pay it. Right. Yeah. They won't pay it. Right. My, Imposter said, you guys have not, we have degrees. Right. We have lived experience. Yeah. We've got beautiful ideas. Black Gold Culture Camp was created in 2013 before it was the hype. Okay. Wow. Before black, you know, black not not having black resources was a hype. Mm -hmm. I was doing it, you know, seven, eight years ago talking yeah. about we don't have any black teachers, we don't have any black education. You know what I'm saying? But even then I had to convince people, people that I that knew you knew what you were doing. With this brilliant idea that was nowhere on the West Coast the way that I was doing it, we researched that, right? Wow. The way that I had set it up, the way that it was going, it was that particular camp is free. All the education part is not, but the camp is free, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about black history. We're tying it to what? Just we're doing all, it's crazy stuff. <laughs> and for middle school kids, that's the kicker, that it's about self-empowerment to understand your self-identity yeah. with empowerment for middle school kids at that point. But that was 2013. You see right. what I'm saying? So when I come on now, they're like, oh, you're new, you're new. I'm, actually, I'm not new. <laughs> right, right. And why, how, did I create, how did I create a camp when nothing was going on? From my lived experience. Mm -hmm. I said, what, did I, what was I missing when I grew up? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, that's yep. it, right there. This is what I was missing. I was missing this. Right. But yeah. I wasn't missing it at home, actually. Right. The reason why I could come up, they were like, you created that camp in eight months? Uh-huh. Because what I did yeah, is took what my black fa my black family unit and said, "What did we get at home? What makes me stand out we're, when we're all of us are here and white folks are telling us we ain't shit?" And I'm going, "I don't think that's true." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. And I don't think that's true. And people are like, um, "Is it true?" I'm like, "No, it's not true." Why? I don't know, but I know it's not true. It's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I always knew because we know mm -hmm. it's in our DNA to know that we can rise better. We can rise mm -hmm. up. Because I have. Yeah, and we, we're doing it literally right now. Like right now you guys are doing it. Hello, a free camp yeah. for what? What are you talking about? You know, are right? doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty right? Yeah. But then why are we asking white folks how much we're worth? Because we're scared they won't pay it. Someone will pay it. Someone who knows the value of our, or mm -hmm. what we're doing. Right. That's true. The, I'm asking, like, why yeah. aren't we asking? Yeah. I'm doing the why? same thing. Why? Because for me... I got raised by white people and I got told I, like, my whole childhood, college, whatever, that I ain't shit. So mm -hmm. even through your but college years, you never got that. Okay, so let's go there. So <laughs> let's go, because I don't, because this happened, what, eight plus years ago. So as we all have been talked about, um, I have, like, a master's for... From Portland State, uh -huh. um, that I was pregnant through, and I had my son thirty six days later after I graduated, single mom, call it. Wow. Um, yeah. So pretty much in two thousand and eleven, two thousand ten, um, I 
was accused of plagiarism by a professor. Um, and it was bullcrap. She said that I plagiarized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told her to find me the excerpt of every single word because that's what plagiarizing is. But yeah. that's school in general is plagiarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she couldn't find it. And then I asked her why me what happened and do you want to know what her excuse was it was because I was I was pregnant and I wasn't getting instruction in my head I had pregnancy brain freaking master's brain like doing it all and I told her that I wasn't understanding it and I would like some help and um after that I spent a week and I was up for a week and it clicked in my head I don't know how but I forced it to click and it was statistics I don't even remember what class it was and after that it just clicked I pretty much unlocked the answer and she couldn't deal with it she could not understand why a person like me who was black female gay disabled etc could understand it after saying I don't get it well because I apply myself right, right, right and it was horrible because that made me question everything and we got lawyers and we won right we won which was huge but we shouldn't have had to fight but we won yeah because again a white person just talking about how a black person and other people couldn't be at that level which is why when I don't think people like will pay me is because historically I haven't been paid for anything I've actually been forced to prove my worth all the time to all y'all and I don't get why because most of y'all now have seen what I do, and it's pretty, and it's pretty amazing. And well, no, the thing is, is that you are just. This is something that white folks have to like come to grips with, is right. that they've not watched Black Excellence in its real in its real form. Right, that's and true. They, they just haven't watched yeah. it. It's not right. that it's not there. Right. right. They just have not paid attention to it, and right. so right. when they see it, they're yeah. like, "Is that without you? You did all of that?" Right. Oh, oh, sure. also, while also. breastfeeding my baby, yeah. like that's what. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, in this whole, um, we're intimidated. Oh, let's go. Let's that go. Let's go. That is my, 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 describes me that is what they say yep exactly yep. wait no yep. matter no matter yep. what it is or it could be dating aggressive. it could be it, yep. no, no, it could be dating it could be work it could be spiritual it could be you mm-hmm. are intimidated what are you talking about no 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 no, no. i'm not i'm not intimidated by my greatness you know it's not about i'm not intimidating at all Mm-mm. you right. it's on you, you. Th- thank yeah. you yeah you are having an issue mm-hmm. you are having a reckoning at the moment mm-hmm. You are confused. Mm-hmm. You do not understand what you're looking at. Right. All of that is okay. None right. of that means it's my problem. No, and right. I am not intimidating because I show up. Right. Like every time I show up for me, uh-huh. it's all of a sudden we're like, you know, mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, uh, you know like, what are you talking about? I'm uh-huh. here being me, doing me, mm-hmm. trying the best I can to be here. You know what I mean? Right. And best believe because of all that, 
-hmm. We walked to our car and stopped doubting ourselves. Did yeah. I say that right? Did that come out right? Was oh, I yeah. too mean? Mm -hmm. Was I too mean? Was I too rough? Did I say that too yeah. harsh? Yeah. Was I aggressive? Like, no. no, actually. And I'm not saying that other people don't have self-doubt, obviously. Mm -hmm. But when we, when it comes to our efficacy of de delivering what we know, what we've mm -hmm. mastered, we've got PhD levels in. You see what I'm saying? That we are questioning because white folks don't see the greatness in us. That's our white conditioning. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Right. That if we're, if you're for a scared that if we put the 458, you know, or $200 an hour on our website that no one's gonna come, why? You're worth $200 an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, Billy Joe over there is getting $200 an hour, or at least he's getting sponsorships and all these other <laughs> kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? Like he's getting all <laughs> these other handouts, right? When I started thinking about, girl, I told my friend, um, shout out to Jocelyn and David. Hey. Okay, <laughs> so um, I was telling them about my race equity work and how I do anti-racism conversations, and I was telling them that I've been working like with, with businesses, and I was thinking it was going to be more community-based, but this is great. Like, all these businesses are calling me, but now these big businesses are calling me, and higher ed is calling me. So I'm like, okay, I'm working with higher ed. I've, now I've done two groups with the U of O. I'm going to my third group oh. with the U of O. Yeah. So they were like, "What? How much are you charging?" Girl, I told them, and they were like, "I'm sorry, what did you just say?" And she, I was like, "I just told them my, like, I told them how much I charged it, and they were like, you, 'You're kidding.'" And I'm like, "No," and they're like, "No, okay, oh wait, oh, oh, intervention." They literally were like, "Okay, have a seat." They're like, "Have a seat, sis. have a seat." They're like, "This cannot go on." They're like, "How are you paying your taxes? How are you paying your travel? How are you paying your this type of?" And I'm like. Uh, I wasn't thinking about all of those things and they were like that's what the base rate has those in and then you start talking about your lived experience then you start talking about your prep then you start talking about and now you look at your base and I'm like oh the base is much higher and she's like and they need to pay that and they are paying other people that that's what you have to understand this is not you feeling like you're too big you're not being paid what other people who have less life lived experience and less to give to the conversation than you do they are paying them three times as much as you are offering. Right. And so I was just like, wow, like I never, because I've not ever been an entrepreneur. I've always given my time to white people mm -hmm. who pay me mm -hmm. a salary that isn't mm -hmm. worth my time, that I have to still hustle up on a side job mm -hmm. with, right? And they're getting all of my expertise, yep. for, and they get all the benefit. I don't get my name on the paper. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Nope. I don't get my name on the book. I don't get, yep. but yet I'm giving all the words, yep. right? Mm -hmm. so, so my thing is now I'm an entrepreneur and you guys are entrepreneurs. And what are we doing? We're like, will they pay this much for us? Guess what they can't find? Another you. That's nope. True. They can't true. find another me. That's true. You're not yeah. gonna get the lived experience that I can right. give. The healing, mm -hmm. the process, Right. The kindness. We are kind to white people. Do you realize how kind we are? Girl, don't get me started on on how kind I am to white people. Fact <laughs> that like there's some rage, and I was like, huh? I wonder. Yeah. Because there's like like there's because I'm now unhealing these layers of yeah. just like internalized oppression and being like raised with white people, yeah. et cetera, like there is some rage that I never knew that I had. That but that's good. <laughs> you can feel right. it. Well I can feel it and I was like, huh, is this the rage that the white people are scared of? Because I'm like, 
They might be. Y'all lucky that we ain't seeking revenge right now. There it we is. We never have. There exactly. It would have been over by now if that's what we were doing. Right. <laughs> and so it's just like that deep entrenched anger because of the fact that I now know that I do not have to put up with white people touching my hair saying it's pretty. Oh right, right. We're just realizing that you've been taking advantage of all these years. Well, yeah, yeah. because I... I didn't know any better because yeah. I got raised within, like, I was zero degrees from whiteness. Yeah. And that's what I saw. Right. And so the anger is just being taken advantage of those people. Let me tell you. Yeah. Like, and all of it. But now knowing that now because I have more of a sisterhood now mm -hmm. that I'm able to openly say how angry I am and why and right. like able to express it and not be judged well whoa she's aggressive because you found community <laughs> because I found community uh -huh. like yeah. I'm able to just call and just be like you know what this white person did they tried to touch my hair <laughs> yeah yeah because for me, I got raised thinking, well, that's a compliment. No, I'm not a zoo. Yeah, yeah. And that, and, and that is where the past goes, because there's the actual human zoos. Oh, like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. That they would go and yeah. pay and touch yeah. them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so to be able to openly have safe places to express the anger, yeah. because like you've been teaching me a lot of things ain't for white folks right now right. yeah right yeah which is a hard differentiation because i was raised with yeah. white folks yeah. so it's like they're all up in your shit all the time yeah yeah and those conversations those conversations that are just for black folks we have to right. learn to do ourselves right, right. you know what i mean and right. sometimes it means that black folks need to hit talk put our hands on each other like we need to heal each other and that does not need to be under the microscope right. of whiteness right. like it, we right. can we have to stop that that's yeah. the idea is that we're like trying to match whiteness when that's the we can never we've already right. surpassed right. it we just have to believe in that idea yeah. that we have already surpassed it it's that that white can that colonialism tells you that you need them right. but yet everything is built on our back so we, right. how is it so possible that we need mm -hmm. them you know but you're like the saying that question is like will they pay it mm -hmm. the ones who don't think it's valuable won't you know what I mean? That's true. And and that's the, that we're not we're not really talking to them. <laughs> no, nope. we're talking nope. to the ones who can hear us and who want yeah. to to mm -hmm. want to walk down the path with a, a with a valued you know hand. And the fact that we are even doing this work around white folks, saying white folks come, like we're trying to talk to you. We don't have to do that either. We we you see what I'm right. saying? Yeah. And because of our job. proximity you're to whiteness, you're welcome. Yeah. Right. You're welcome. Like, but because you, we welcome. actually have a deep understanding of whiteness, mm -hmm. it actually takes a very skilled person to be able to do this work mm -hmm. and have compassion mm -hmm. and ha and be able to not and then at the same time not be drugged down mm -hmm. by white expectation and and actually be separated from the te like from the personal. Right. For the personal message in this, because this in this space we're personal, right? Mm -hmm. But when I'm at work, I'm being I'm I am facilitating a conversation. You know what I mean? So that does not mean like in my in my work, I'm not the white folks that I'm talking to. I do care about because I want them to hear what I'm saying. You see, mm -hmm. what I'm saying I want them to understand because I'm taking time. Yep, mm -hmm. and they're paying money. This is a professional agreement, so I want you to get what you what you came to get, mm -hmm. right? 
But at but personal, this isn't personal. You know, I'm yeah. gonna give you the facts, <laughs> right. right? I'm right. giving you the facts only, right? Just the facts, ma'am. This is what mm. you will get. You pay me the money. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> this is not about a personal situation. Right. But in this space, we can get personal, and right. white folks listening here, and they can learn. Mm. But that's because we are allowing it. We yeah, gotta understand that we are allowing it. This is not something that we they they just can do. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. We gotta get that out right now. Well, they tell them that, like, that they, like, stop taking up our spaces now. Oh, it's right. because, like, we've, as a group, had several instances where we have met in a public space for our support group. Mm-hmm. And we consciously chose to do it outdoor, like, in publicly first. Like the Rona, and yeah. two because we need to normalize black people taking up outdoor spaces yeah, yeah. and just in spaces. Well, two, three times now we've literally had our own space, no white people to be found, just yeah. black people. And here comes a white dude, just literally in our circle while we were talking about some stuff. What do you mean he came in the circle? Girl, he literally walked into the middle of our circle and started unpacking his stuff. And we looked at each other and we were like, um, whiteness at its max. And the caucasity. Okay, so we've had two times (laughs) where a white person has just kind of like Invaded. Yep. Just completely invaded. But then we've also had white people just standing next to us. Just trying to suck up. Just trying to soak up that melanin, huh? Yeah. 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 Suck up that melanin. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's really interesting because in Eugene specifically, uh, we got people who watch this and listen to the show like all over the country, right? And so, and outside the country. In Eugene, so y'all can understand. Black folks were not allowed in the city limits until the 70s. Uh, we even the, in cities after that. Even uh, you know, sundown laws were real. That's across the country, like in the South here, but Oregon had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were in the Constitution of Oregon. It stated very clearly they did not want black people in the state. They were one of few states that had that in their constitution, mm-hmm. their state constitution. Um, so Eugene has a really, like, Spencer Butte and, and Skinner Butte are named after two rabbit racists. Uh, the KKK is very much alive in the city mm-hmm. and always has been. Um, but we have a, a, a very strong alternative culture here as well. But those alternative culture folks have a really hard time facing conflict. And so yes. that bypassing of the real experience that people who are different, different than white are having here the, the really strong counterculture does not have a response, right? So black people are really surviving, trying to survive, and generally the, the biggest population of black people here are mixed. And so the family dynamic here is hard to deal with because you're then battling your own self-identity and your own self-efficacy yeah. to your family's uh, generally lack of knowledge around the, the benefits of being black and the mm-hmm. beauty in being black. And they are generally raised out of fear of blackness. Yep. So you've got yep. this dynamic that's coming forward, right? So whenever you are trying to experience or create a black space here, it's actually kind of experimental. Mm-hmm. And the it people who are uh, who are black, where they come from a black community, they come from black parents, they come from black 
uh, NIST where the, the consciousness is, is, is solid, there's no real like splintering of the consciousness, they have moved in here. They were not raised here. Right. You see, I'm right. generally, generally. Um, I know some people who have been raised here who have, you know, solid black consciousness. They, they leave here constantly to go back to their community where they were from and they came mm -hmm. back and then they had kids and they go back again. They stay, right. you know what I mean? They stay, right. they stay connected. Right. Right. They don't get into this get out thing that we got going on over here. So it's like, <laughs> right. And so we get, so us trying to come out, this healing is to understand the, the effort it is taking. Like if you've ever seen a plant, like a speeded plant video coming from the dirt, breaking through, breaking itself to come through its own shell to then unravel its leaves and then to create that, that's blackness in Eugene, Oregon. So the truth, and the truth of it is in the United States, but when you do it in Oregon, that dirt is not fluffy. Yeah. Right, the it's dirt so has hard. not been watered. So you see hard. what I'm saying? Right. The dirt has not been cultivated. Nope. So we're pushing through. So when you create a space like that, mm -hmm. it's really ex it's like experimental. What's mm -hmm. going to happen mm -hmm. in this space? Yeah, who is going to speak up when that ca the capacity shows up to be in the middle? Of, Hello, not only if we weren't black, you are rude. Nobody talked to you about being here. You see all of us sitting here. Mm -hmm. You're going to stay in the middle of our space. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Like, I mean, but then on top of it, we're a bunch of black women doing this work, and then you're just going to think you're going to bring your ass in the middle of what we're doing mm -hmm. right. and not say a word? Right. I mean, ugh, girl, like, do not get me started on that. Maybe that's why I'm intimidating, because I'm like, excuse me, sir. Wait, say Excuse me, sir. Are you crazy? <laughs> get up out of my space. What are you doing? Like, I mean, I I may not, that's what I probably would have said in my head, but I probably would have been like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay, sir? Because you seem to be confused. <laughs> I would have been like, seriously, I would have been like, are you okay? Because well, you see a circle here. Yeah. Okay, but there's this, there's this additional thing of like, there's this idea that this area is woke, which, Girl, stop, stop that? using that. Stop who said using that? that? Oh, yeah, I don't know who you're talking are to. Are they, about about are are they white people? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, so, so, what I have noticed is that they're struggling real hard to not be included. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the thing. That's what's happening. And they cannot stand to the, not this be is our yeah. allies. Yep. Okay. They still want recognition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They still want to be included. Yeah. They still want to be part of it. And they think they can bypass, you know, this these boundaries. Oh, here's an example. So um, we had a panel event. Did you already mention? I can't remember. So last <laughs> last weekend we had a panel event where we had eight people, uh, eight BIPOC people, um, on the panel. And one of the things that I said twice was, no, yeah, "Do not approach our panelists. They are choosing to be here. They are being vulnerable, and we are going to honor that." And I'm asking for no one to approach them. So yeah. in our intermission and at the end. Yeah. Do you think that they followed that? No. Nope. Oh, really? Nope. But that was one of them. The truth of it is, is that white folks are struggling. Yeah. With Hard. not being centered. Hard. Hard. They're struggling because they have this, this. There's a savior, mm -hmm. a savior complex that they have. And it's out of like, like this is here we go. It's out of the goodness of their heart. Mm -hmm. They th they believe their intention is lining up with their impact and it's not right. and they're struggling with understanding why right. and we can be very kind and give time mm -hmm. we don't need to do that 
and it and I think that people need to understand white folks spe- like specifically need to understand that uh, or that we need to understand too, they are actually very confused about where they go mm-hmm. they don't yeah. and their intention is like they don't know they, they don't they don't want to hurt you but they really like where do you want me but you're like can you just like be in this uncomfortability by yourself yes. and they're like they're like wait like so okay so I don't so what do you mean like we'll stay here to go over there yeah. like can I tell me and you're like could down. you just not you know mm-hmm. and they're like not what not do this not do that not come over there not, it's like wow you're doing it again and yeah, the thing about it is like they just it's that staying and being uncomfortable because mm-hmm. yep. uncomfortable is not a part of privilege right call it let's go so if they're not used to being uncomfortable, it sounds like they're feeling like they're going through a crisis. Yep, yep. You're, you're not going through a crisis. You're not. It's pretty cool. It's okay. Like, you will be okay. You're going right. through a reckoning of understanding, of privilege. That's it. Right. And and we're saying that's it. And they're going, I need oxygen. I need oxygen. Yeah. And, 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 and they want us to give, us the, give them the oxygen, oxygen mask. Yeah. But what we're saying is the oxygen mask is not necessary. Right. You just need to take a deep breath. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna walk away, and I'm gonna let you take a deep breath, right? Mm-hmm. But that that feels like abandonment because mm-hmm. they're not used to mm-hmm. having to stand in the center of their own of what they have done, and they are looking at themselves, going, "All this time I've been a good person. How is it not adding oh. up?" <laughs> And it's not, I mean, to me, when I try to be compassionate about that, I can imagine that's super scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can imagine it's very mm-hmm. scary. However, I cannot, I can, I am also over here trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And so if you really want to understand what to do, watch me go. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Watch right. me go. Right. right. Look at yourself mm-hmm. and figure out why that looks so hard. Get right. there with you. Yeah. Get there with yourself. Like right. that, and, and think about all the healing. We've talked about our mental health and our and how we've come through. But think about this, and I'm trying to be compassionate as much as I can because that's who I am. I'm a Pisces, Cancer rising. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the thing about it is, is this: if we are going to look at our own process, mm-hmm. and we look at white folks and their process, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that we have to get here on our own. Mm-hmm. And we had to dig into something that's ancestral. Mm-hmm. We had to dig into our black girl magic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The magic is not a joke. The magic is real. Oh, no, it's real. That's ancestral and it's passed down. Mm-hmm. It's in our dreams. We don't even know where we get it from. Mm-hmm. Look at y'all, we're raised with white folks. How the hell did you get here? That You see what I'm saying? I don't know. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you do know. It came from a butt. It came from your hair. Yeah, no, I know. It came from all of this. It came from all of that connection you have to the universe, right? And to our ancestral plane, and to that magic, you know, we're coming kind of forever. That's what we're talking about here, right? That's <laughs> that's so, right. That, right? And so that's I'm right. saying, like, I, what I'm saying is that we have, we have, we don't have to give more than our compassion. We don't really have to give that. But in our, in the beauty of who I am, and the beauty of who we are, and in in all of our crisis, we are able to lend that space, right? But that does not mean we need to be a part of that space. Right, that's true. Does that's that make true. sense? Yes. Like, it's just that understanding of, like, you guys are going to go through some shit mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And I don't mean, like, six months. I mean, like, you know, a hundred years. Yeah, right. Or yeah. more. Or more. more. Because we're talking 400, but let's go. Yeah. Right. 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 And it's interesting because this really prompts me to talk about white people exhaustion right now. 
I mean, we're talking and, about well, mental yeah, health. I mean, you know. How the onslaught of just white people just wanting to jump in and be like throwing things my way mm-hmm. and all these things. And I was like, wait a minute. Yes, please throw things my way, but ask me what I want thrown first. Mm-hmm. Prime example. Um, as y'all know, I am di- disabled as well. Mm-hmm. And I also, also suffer from chronic pain. And so house cleaning is a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. It always has been. And so I had... So I don't have people come into my house because I put things in places where I'm reaching them, mm-hmm. etc. Because if things are pushed too far back, I cannot reach them, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, I had somebody cool um, help me cool clean my house, and the intent was great. The intent was I want to help you, mm-hmm. and I was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. But the issue was, the impact was, I came home, and my house was clean, but when I couldn't find those things that I needed, mm-hmm. um, and it honestly spiraled me, because for me, I have certain things in certain spots, so I can reach them. Yeah, yeah. And so, to like not be observant of that mm-hmm. is a whole issue of being able-bodied, etc., but also just how the intention was awesome, but the impact missed a mark because yesterday I was on a floor trying to find something. I cannot get on the floor. Right. And it, and it honestly was more harmful mm-hmm. because the intent and the impact did not match up together right right and that's that's the part of the saviorism part where it's like to take the time to understand that you might not actually have the answer right and that's the same thing with allyship you actually don't get to say what you're going to do um and i it's funny because um you get if you're if white folks are allies but this is what's important for us as black women Mm -hmm. is that we have to be clear Yes. about what we want them to do in our lives. Mm-hmm. Just the same idea as our, the, when we're talking about our values mm-hmm. and we're talking about how much we're charging and we're talking about why we're charging that. Mm-hmm. We have to be clear that if I say my conversation starts at $450 an hour, that to, I mean, I'm sorry, 450 for two hours, that's because I have calculated all of my value mm-hmm. into that number. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can agree or disagree. You agree, you will buy it. You disagree, you will find someone else, and you will not mm-hmm. get the value that I have got, that I right. that I have yep. put into this number. Exactly. exactly. But that's not for us to argue. Mm-hmm. We put it in the number. That's true. Put it in the directions. Right. You know, put it in. It. You want to clean my house? Thank you. Thank you. This is what I don't want you to touch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and this is and when they are helping, they need to actually come through and be like, "How can I help?" Mm-hmm. And the, the, the thing about white folks and the thing about black folks up here, we have to be able to not give them our power and believe in that they know what we need. They mm-hmm. do not know. And when we do give them the information, right, they actually have to listen. Mm-hmm. You got to do it just like that because if they don't do it just like that, they think they know better for us than we do. Yep. You That's can't true. do that. That You are no longer an ally. Now I have mm-hmm. to battle you too. You see, it, it may not is. be. It may not be like mm-hmm. what they think. It's like, oh, it's right. racist, but it is because you're acting as if I cannot mm-hmm. tell you 
what I need and how I need it mm-hmm. because you feel like you have a better answer. But the truth of it is, is you don't recognize black wellness. You don't recognize mm-hmm. when we show up. No. You only you're like wow you were one of the ones that made it. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> no I'm not. There's like a million of us out there. There's a lot of us that are making it right now. But a lot. There's a lot of us making it always. Yeah. You always. know what I mean? Always. Yeah. It's like we're out here doing the damn thing. Yeah. Right. You know, we didn't make up black girl magic. That shit has been here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. we gotta like work on each other so that we can be like like my girlfriend from California and her husband. They were like, no sis, no, stop it right now. And I'm like, I, but then they were, they gave me, they're so sweet, they gave me a little, they're like, okay, so you're getting people who want to work with you, you started with the lower rates, now you've got your people, they know who you are, now up it. They're like, okay, you're done, you're done, take it up. And I'm like, okay, okay. And they were giving giving me stats. And most of the stuff I was looking at was black men, you know, getting paid way more than I was, than I was, uh doing you know and I, and my, I was like well it's really about the work I really want the work to be what it is that's true too mm-hmm. but that does not mean that you're not worth that money that's true that's true it doesn't mean that like what okay so we talked about our mental health and what we've all been through right we've gone through a lot why would we ever act like what we just went through and, and what we could possibly currently be going through I don't know didn't mean that like what we learned what didn't have like real true value to it. We hadn't healed if we don't believe that. You know what I mean? When I think about how I recovered from all that has happened to me in the last six years, sis what? That's PhD right there. Like people don't don't get to where I'm at from after where I what I went through. Nope, nope. People don't Exactly. People don't survive that. No. You know what I mean? Right. And I could tell right. you two or three things that could have killed me in the last, in trying to heal. Like, my body went completely out. You know what I mean? Like, gone. So, it's kind of like, in six years' time, I've had to reckon myself. Like, I've had to come to my own reckoning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, now, I can talk about it without shaking. Yep. I can talk about it without going cold. Like, those are all things that you said. PTSD is real. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. I can talk about it without crying. You know what I mean? Um, generally, there's still some pieces there that, that I'm just like, oh, I haven't touched that yet. Oh, I still feel it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's still there, right? Um, but I can talk about it. Right. Yeah. Girl, that's all value. Right. Especially when you get to the point of healing that you can teach. Right. Yep. So I'm, I'm telling, I'm giving this to y'all. Like, you know, I'm feeling like big sister. I know. I'm feeling like double the money. Double the money. I'm like, no, no, no. Y'all do what you want to do. But you know what I'm saying? No. Y'all do what you I say all that to say, do what you want. Okay. <laughs> do what you want. I don't know. I was on my soapbox for a second. But you know, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you know. So um, we we did want to talk about some of the mental health and how we you recovered and how we have recovered. Um, and how that brings you to where you are now, right? Mm-hmm. And you said you want to talk about, was there something you want to talk about directly or was it just like coming through? You put me on the spot. Well, again! Don't say real wild. I'm going to need you to stop putting me on the spot. I'm going to need you to stop me going. That's okay. You can tell me the Well, okay. So one thing, you know, that um, just kind of strikes me when you're talking about PTSD is I think that um, everyone needs to acknowledge that if you were brown, if you are BIPOC, you have PTSD. Yeah. You yep. got it. Yep. You got it. Yeah. You know. That's real talk. Right. Right. 
and then you can go and tell the like pathological um you know diagnosing and everything but we all got it mm-hmm. we all have it mm-hmm. you can't not right not in this society no yeah you can't yeah no. so but what does that feel like i mean for you to be for folk, for black folks we walking through like we do i mean looking fierce Right, you know, being who we are, being wonderful, <laughs> being amazing, being smiling. You know, we show up to work smiling, walk around, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? We, yes, sir. Uh, like I did. Yes, I was here on time. Thank you for monitoring me. I'm sorry. Yes, I will make sure that I'm there again. Thank you. Walk out. Yes, master. Yeah, no, no. Right, right. That's what you wanted to hear me say. Girl, don't even get me I know, right? <laughs> I one time I was I was working for look when I was working for the man, but I was working for for the government for the state, and I had this one supervisor, and he was bipod, uh, but he was uh, Latin X, right? Mm-hmm. And he would come and ask me because he wasn't he was not qualified for his position, and he knew that, and I knew that, right? But he was brown, and he spoke Spanish, and they gave him the position because he was brown and he spoke Spanish. But we both knew that you were not supposed to be in that chair, right? Now, I'm not going to say nothing to you, but you better leave me alone. Right? <laughs> don't come over here with your with your new position and some power and act like you're going to do something. Girl, he came into my cubicle so one time. I was late. I was late. But he came in. I was late from a break. And he's like, where have you been? And I was like, um, do you need something? Do you need something? And he's like, I would like to know where you are. And I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> I was doing what I need to be doing where I was at. Is this about my work? And he was like, no. I said, well, then please leave my space. I was, girl, I was irritated because he wanted to come through to me and act like he could monitor mm-hmm. me and like, mm-hmm. like put, but I was like, I was done. Mm-hmm. It was during that six years. I was done. Uh-huh. The PTSD had gotten to the point where I was no longer yes or master. Like I was no longer, yes, I did do all the work. Yes, mm-hmm. I could do more work. Yes, mm-hmm. I'll do your work too. I wasn't there anymore. I was like, if you don't get the hell up out of my space, <laughs> that's where I had become because it was got, got to the other side of the PTSD where I was like, I have been giving you everything I have. Right. Yes. I will no longer give you everything I have. As a matter of fact, I dare you to fire me. I dare you. <laughs> right? I was like, I dare you. You won't. You can't. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, you will not get a piece of me anymore. But there's that space where, where like, you're the, that black aggression, that, oh, they're so aggressive. If there's a space where it's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's freedom. That's, like, the beginning of freedom, right? Like, you just start to see your worth, right. where you're just like, you know what? How about, fuck you? <laughs> well, I mean, uh-uh. Exactly. <laughs> like, when I have oh, no. a really racially motivated experience at a local agency yeah um they told me things that were inappropriate and pretty much told me to stay in my corner and not associate with like the other black person Mm -hmm. and i'm like you can fire me now because the fact that you told me a black woman in the agency that you hired because of my experience and education and then the other black person and you told us to stay to our corners i see you so y'all can just fire me now Wait, and i don't understand right. they you got there was something happened y'all yeah. were like talking about it yes and they told y'all to separate yes whoa girl shut up that is not what happened girl that is what happened girl we will talk okay but okay let like me, yeah like that whole thing of just <laughs> not 
wanting black people to be together when I had two really horrible racial experiences happen while I was working at that job. I went to the black person because I needed to see camaraderie and I needed to be able to sit in my feelings for a minute without explaining to you why it was so traumatizing and then, no. And so I did what I knew and I went to her and I said, hey, I asked permission to talk to her. I said, is this okay? She said, yes, both times. Wow. And then white supervisors turned around and then fired me, so. Let me just say something right here. If you're white and your mouth is open, think about it. Because you know what? We all have stories. Yep. Oh, girl, all day. I just can't believe that's pretty odd. That's no, all, I mean, that's girl, audacity. Yeah, right. No, that's some audacity. And the fact that a local agency who claims to support the unhoused and the disabled community, etc. Mm-hmm. So what were we saying? So I know I interrupted you because my mouth is open. So here's the thing. The, what I wanted to say is that's the trauma. Yep. That's our trauma. You know, and um, so something we had talked about before is that f- for black people specific, just BIPOC people uh, in general, is that there isn't a whole lot of exposure to mental health therapy in taking care of mental health. You know, you're within the family system or within the church. Um, And oftentimes it's unspoken, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't talk about it, it's Mm -hmm. shameful. Um, But we are here to say, we've all got trauma. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We all need to talk about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's one thing that I definitely wanted to bring here today is like BIPOC people need help in in that's not a bad you know, thing. I, it's that's not, not a bad, bad thing. thing and I don't want to say like I want to say that I feel like black women are on the ahead of the game on on accessing therapy. Mm-hmm. Black men are not getting enough therapy. Um, and black it's kids. and black children do be, be, because of that, you know. But we had a hit we have a history of getting our mental health um, support from our family unit, like you just said, or the church, right? And I'm not religious, right? And um, and I, but I will, I will drive any of my religious friends. I have friends who are very religious that um, I will drive them to church every Sunday if they need it. I don't go to church right. now. I, it took me a really long time to go to therapy for the first time, um, and it was funny because it was with my, I had my white husband, right? Mm-hmm. And we were like, we need to go to couple therapy. Let's go. And I was like, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, okay, here comes that white thing again that you're talking about, and I don't do that shit, right? And it was like, and then when I when I went, girl, he came dragging me, and I went to a black therapist who hated herself, and she was like, she wanted to like beat me and like shame me for being like black and wanting to be black in a relationship with a white man, and so immediately in her, she was in trauma, right, mm-hmm. in this proximity. So when I, when I left the first time, I said, we will never go back to her. And he was like, why? And I was like, oh, no, because she's got her own issues that we can't deal with. She can't. She's shaming us being black from the very first sentence out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I didn't catch it. I'm like, of course you didn't catch it. But that's fine. <laughs> right. Of course you didn't catch it. Yeah. But when we found another therapist, it was a white woman, mm-hmm. right? But she was able to be neutral, right? And then I was like, okay, I can be, I can be here. And then he didn't want to go. He was like, I'm done. I can't be in therapy. 
So he left, and girl, me and that therapist kept seeing each other for like three years. I was like, <laughs> past him, past everything else, and I kept seeing her. Um, I moved to Houston, immediately got a therapist. I'm like, I need a therapist. Like, you know, and the thing about it was, is that you find a space that you can, that you can actually just be, mm-hmm. and and get your thoughts out and let them, let them resonate and then come back at you with some different solutions that maybe you didn't think of and when it's not your family and it's not your church you're able to stand in a place of authenticity that doesn't have to answer to anyone else but you yeah Mm -hmm. well there's also like within the family and the church it's like fix it you know take on the role of okay how can i fix it for this person you know and therapy is much different because um you know there's this uh you find it within yourself and there's the trust that you have it so so the therapist typically believes that you have the answer within yourself and the therapist isn't going to give you the answer right right no it's if you're going to create you're going to go through this answer and they're going to guide you to see lights that you may not have seen right it's a guidance and so it's really you doing this work with someone whose expertise to keep make sure to stay you stay on the within the tracks <laughs> right yep. Yep. you stay within the tracks because it gets it gets muddy right, right? Mm-hmm. and it gets painful right but then it gets beautiful and then it gets right. muddy again it's a it's a process right, right? but i love i i personally love therapy and i'm gonna say because i lived in eugene it's really important that black folks, if you're not with a black therapist um, that understands, if you're not living a black li- like life and you go to a black therapist, you might want to understand that you might not actually connect. That's true. You need to find someone who yep. creates with your black with your lived experience, mm-hmm. and so you gotta understand that too. And sometimes that's hurtful. Like yes. I'm like, oh, yes. I can't go. I, yes. I'm not yes. even there. Like she won't understand me because I can't understand me. Like right. I, you know. And so yeah. there's we are looking for the letters behind your name. Actually, when people yep. are looking for therapists, they're looking for somebody who will resonate with their mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. who will understand their lived where they've been, where they've gone through. Mm-hmm. We know you have expertise, but we need to know that you understand the gray. Right. The, right. That's where our black folks live. Like, we don't right. live in black and white. No, no. We do not. So, we live in the gray place. Right. Yeah. So when I went through all my years, of the, that between 2014 to, you know, yesterday, <laughs> when, I, when I was doing all of this, the, the people who helped me, almost all of them are white. Mm. But that's not because... Um, I can't relate to black folks. There was no one here, right? right? And so when I, when after I looked and there was no one here that I can re- that there was no black folks that I could find, I found the most open white folks. Mm-hmm. They found me. We found each other. Yep. And I would never have been able to get to where I'm at without any of them. Nope. You know what I mean? Call it. And all of them were very divinely selected for me. Mm-hmm. Like there was, it was very clear who wouldn't work, and it was very obvious who was the person who was right. going to walk me through the next six years. Right. You yep. know? And there was yeah. a team of people. It wasn't just one person. I got therapy. I got physical therapy. I got mental therapy. I got spiritual therapy. I got, you know what I'm saying? I went to a, a energy worker. Like, I, I mean, I was like, shit ain't right. that um, when you go to a therapist and 
any sort of therapist and there's no connection or you feel like they don't get you that's mm-hmm. so disempowering it's the damaging okay, it's furthering the damage right it's it's um it's another trauma yeah yep to be quite honest right okay. you know okay well um that's it for me people yeah. don't understand me it just um seals another nail in the coffin and one thing that i think is really important um is that you can shop for a therapist yeah you can go get another one Absolutely. right and and honestly you can fire your therapist because seriously like i'm a therapist if i'm not working for you just tell me right yeah i'm a big girl i'm gonna take it how do you feel about therapists um (coughs) clients like i don't i think you could find someone who can better serve you oh well it needs to happen i mean that's that's a part of the what is it the pillar of ethics yeah i mean there's one that uh, I'm not going to tell you the names because I also don't remember. Girl, don't worry about but it. There's a part of it where it's like, if there's someone else that can serve them better, mm-hmm. ethically yep. refer them to that person. Right, right. And that's and, and that's this is not an experiment in blackness for you. Like these right. white therapists are. This is not something that you need to explore and so you can figure out how this works. That's unethical. Right. You know, and if those if having conversations around racism is what they need to talk about and you can Mm -hmm. hear and see that this is about you know some self-identity issues and you can't i help with that please let them go because you're just furthering the damage that's true that's true that's fine yes and then you can understand where your level of racism when you don't know anyone who can help them (laughs) i mean that is an indicator of how well rounded you are in your practice if you don't right. have an indicator of who you can refer someone to, then that lets you know where your where your narrow yep. and yep. that means you should not be able to you would not be able to right. get, reach them where they need to go. Right. You know? Right. Uh but that's another thing of what a black folks walking in, knowing your value, even when you're hurting and having to do that work. Right. Going in and being like, Oh, you don't see me either, I'm about to go. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. It's even more work. And that's it for me. Yeah. Yep. That's it for me. Yeah. Nobody gets me. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Right. I'm alone. I'm alone. Right. I'm alone. You know, in, in places like this, that's that's catastrophic. Yeah. Because you can't find yes. it, especially if you're already yeah. deep into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for it. And um, that's one thing that people don't understand here, too. It's like living in a black community, we have a saying that I learned probably, oh, I don't know if my parents told it to me or if my friends in, in Houston told it to me. But you know, everyone who is your skin folk ain't your kin folk. Call it, girl. I told you that. I learned that when I was so young, and I didn't I get it. And you know it. And I didn't get it. She taught that to me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that that's a deep that's a deep saying. It is. That's a deep saying because here, yeah. here we're clinging to anything brown. Anything. Yes. We don't even care what you did. We just want you to be brown around us. Yeah. Yes. That's actually not healthy. No, it's not. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So people here and they want to create this community that's not necessarily growing with each yes, other and exactly. then everyone goes why don't we why can't we do this why can't we do yeah. this it's because we don't actually are not seeing each other for what yeah. what exactly. works in a healthy way yeah this is not actually a healthy connection mm-hmm. we're connecting because we're both brown that doesn't make but a connection real well, it wasn't exactly right and and it's almost saying well hey random black person i see you let's be friends i'm sorry but if you're black 
Yeah, we have same lived experiences of white people being trash. Okay. Which is a huge one. Mm -hmm. But I am also a person who who holds a lot of intersectional itties also with being black. Mm -hmm. So if you can only understand being black, well then you're missing every single other part of me. Well, the truth of it is great. Oh, go ahead. Well, how much uh, work have you done to uh, undo the um, internalized racism? Like, as a black person, can I really relate to that person if they haven't done the work? Oh, no, I know. That's why I don't have to. I mean, I don't relate to, I don't, I can't assimilate. Like, you ever heard that Nipsey song? Like, that Nipsey Hustle song? It's just like, um... Look, I can't relate to that. Like, I don't assimilate. It's not. I'm not a part of that. I don't do it. And the thing is, is that the and it's only because I I understand a different version of what this looks like. That's the only right. reason. Because previously I would have. I tried to do everything I could do. But the truth of it is, also thinking that because we're brown, we go together. That's white supremacy. It sure all is. I understand what that's that means. There. What that's true. saying that, like, because you we belong, and this is what we're, we're supposed to be friends. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not what I'm saying. To say, right. Mm-hmm. But what I'm not saying that if, every time I see black folks, you will get a nod from me. Hell yeah. Get a hey, hello. I will look at you. I will see you. Yeah, yeah. But do you yeah. need to come to my house? Do you need mm-hmm. to be in my in my children's face? Do I need to know? I don't need to do that because no. I don't know who you are. Exactly. Like, we get to do that too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so um, it's one of those things where I think people have to understand that this is not this is not weird. This is like a human being shit. Like this right. is not crazy. This is yeah. just normal living our lives. Mm-hmm. We don't have we're not an experiment. We don't have we don't have to just be like there's not like this game of chess that's being put together with black folks in, in the Pacific Northwest. We have to disengage ourselves from that and live in a way that is authentic. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But black folk we know like like I was having that conversation with that Latinx supervisor mm-hmm. of mine and, and uh and I was in a position where I do what I want to do at my job. Like you don't need to look at what I'm doing. There's no clock in, clock out. Mm-hmm. I, I do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So for him to follow me around and do that you and I are having a different conversation. Talking about mm-hmm. skin folk and kin folk and BIPOC folks. You are doing something else outside what mm-hmm. these white folks understand, and me and you are not cool, right? right. Now, exactly. right. understand that the, I will always give benefit to my people. Always. Always give benefit, right? But you can't just put brown people together and go, look, it's Mary. Look, it works. Look, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're people, too. Yeah. We're people, too. We have we have interests. We have life. We have cultures. We mm-hmm. have subcultures. We've got languages. We got Just because you can't just throw yeah. us all together. So when you're going through mental health, right, it's actually not okay to just go, hey, go find some brown folks and no, kick it. It's right. not okay. It's not okay. No. Like, prime example, it is not okay to suggest to a brown person hey just go join the NAACP um no right that why because yes they're brown but guess what the also or the other thing white and also BIPOC fair a piss need to understand is that saying that and then saying just do this also does more harm Mm -hmm. because then they aren't even thinking about how 
yes, we have a single common thread, but all of the other threads are different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... Let us decide what Exactly. What like, yo, yeah. give us some resources, great. But then leave it there. Yeah. Or say, hey, how about we check in next week about research or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, don't just say, yo, go join the NAACP. Like your BTSU, or uh, BTSU. Why did I have BTS in my head? Because <laughs> I have 12 year old leases. <laughs> but I'm just saying, living here, brown folks are different here. And I will be the first one to say, because I've been saying this all along skin folk and kin folk. Right. We, gotta, we have to be able to see each other. Okay. We need to see each other. But we don't have to, like, you don't have to force a connection yeah. there. But you got to be able to find people who will uplift you. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yes. I, I love black folks to. everywhere I go. I told oh, y'all, yeah. all the places I've lived have been brown except for here. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the only place I've ever lived that wasn't brown. You know? Mm -hmm. And all the brown folks and black folks that I love, I love black and brown folks very, very much. To my mm -hmm. core, I love black mm -hmm. and brown folks. Yeah. I'm multicultural. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So... I don't assume, I mean, I, I always assume beauty and great greatness and grace with black folks. Mm -hmm. I let them tell me that they're not, but it's a quick conversation. I can tell That's real true. quickly That's whether true. or not we are, we are mm -hmm. kinfolk, whether or not you, should, you are coming yeah. to my house or, mm -hmm. or not, you know? It's, and sometimes, I, it, what I, all I'm saying with that is that we know that we see that if we ha are going to build a community, we have to understand that we cannot force a community that doesn't is not healthy for each other. That's true. It has to be a community that feeds each other, so that this mental health connection that you're talking about, yep. right, can be real and can be authentic. You know, and the community in which we try to heal ourselves in mm -hmm. can actually feed us back. Right. And it doesn't mean that one group of black folks don't like the other no. group of black no. folks because no. we're not. That's not what we're saying. You guys, I mean, not you guys, but I want people to understand that that's you're also like you're perpetuating white supremacy when you don't understand that there's a whole spectrum of black people. Oh, we are not all one person. We are not all one person, and we don't have to be. Right? We don't. We don't have to be. And so, just remember, like in the, in our in your authenticity. That like that's one thing I don't care. We don't have to be friends as a black woman. If you are being authentic, I got your back. Facts. That's you know, if you are staying in your truth, whether it reflects my truth, it doesn't have to. I'm celebrating your truth. You see what I'm saying? Black mm -hmm. folks need to uphold each other. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that we have to be oh, like push right. and pull of just like let's see each other's diversity and and intersectionality. Mm -hmm. Let's see each other. Right. But does that mean you gotta own me? Like I gotta, exactly. you, I gotta be a part of your thing. Like you gotta, I, you, you ain't black enough. You ain't over here. What? Like I, I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. By black folks in this town, almost every day. Well, we got 15 black people here. What the hell are we arguing about? Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> come on. So, that's yeah, 12 black people in the room. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so that's one thing uh, that this movement um, that started in May with the murder of George Floyd. Um, that's one thing that I've noticed is that I finally have some 
some black and brown people. Yeah. I, I see where I see where we came out the house. We were high. <laughs> 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 That's what I said. We were high. We were high. They were talking about quarantine. Like, we've been quarantined. We stayed in the house. Yeah. We've been quarantined for years. Right. We stayed in the house. Quarantine ain't nothing. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I see way more black people than I have in a long time. Where have they been? Yes. I'm happy to see you. I know. I know. And so that's one thing that we're trying to do with, um, we call it REN. So WRN is. We're trying to create that. Just yes. let people see each other we'll that we exist. Other. Prime yeah. example, I will be real. Um, so in our group, um, we had a collective black girl experience that I've never had. So I got raised by white people. So tanning to me is what white people do. Mm-hmm. Right? So I... And I hate the word, but I don't know anything else. But I tan. Like, I sit in the sun for mm-hmm. maybe 20 minutes, and, like, I'm, like, four shades darker. It's mm-hmm. just, is what happens. Well, so, we were sitting in a group, all us BIPOC females, and we had shoes off, and we were grounding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, guys, I'm going to stop it right now. Look. And I looked down at our feet, and all of our feet had the exact same tan lines from our shoes mm-hmm. and how it changed color mm-hmm. like that like in real time and I was like I have never seen that in my life because I wasn't you never saw Melanin Pop girl that's, 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 what that that that's what that no Melanin Pops where it's uh, super protective mm-hmm. so, yeah. girl my mom is light like you like we have the same skin tone I'm dark right now I'm, I, when, you saw, when I looked at you I was like oh my god there's a picture of me when I was like in fourth grade where we had the same shade right. and, and my dad took a picture of me because I, I was I had my lips were very pink and there was a rose in front of me that was very pink and I had a pink shirt on and I had a pink headband and so he took this picture but I was so fair and so I think about how much I've always tried to be browner like I've always oh wanted God, to be browner oh god do not get me started on girl that. we, we oh got we're gonna wrap it up pretty soon we will come back to colorism oh, yeah, but yeah, like colorism yeah. is a huge thing I, I am so brown in my arms right now and people talk about me like oh you're so light skinned this is like I'm your color that's so insane when we come back I'm like look how much I've tanned but this is like literally trying but my mother who is light like you are mm-hmm. she'll go out and, just, and my niece my mom my niece uh, a couple other people in my family, girl, the, you will visually, see, you will visually see the melanin pop within 20 minutes. They yep. just like yep. millions, boom, like millions. Whoop! Yeah. My mom is so mm-hmm. light. She has been out like at the beach. She'll come back. It's not tanning. It's a reaction to the sun. It's yes. literally coming out. Don't they teach me? I don't want to call it tan no more. It's not it's like black pop. girl okay. magic. Yeah. It's a protective mechanism yes. of our skin. Yes. Black, it's protective. Brown is protected from the sun. So mm-hmm. the thing is, is that when the, the that vitamin D comes, to, that my mm-hmm. mom will turn shades of black. Yep. And, and she mm-hmm. is light, light skin. It's incredible, actually. Yeah. Like, it's almost like beautiful. magic. Yeah, it is it's crazy like, to it's watch. It's a melanin pop. And, and the reason I'm there, I'm there. is was because like, I got I mean, raised around white people. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is this happening? Because, again, white people burn, and that was my example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I just kind of started watching and then I would almost do it intentionally to just see what would happen. And so I did. And so as a kid, I would be probably this dark. Mm-hmm. I would just lay in the sun and just be this dark. But then I would have this on cross and right now. <laughs> 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 Four shades of all 
interesting thing of just having like not being alone in experiences like this where I've never seen that. You've never seen Melon and Pop. That's it's so sweet though. That you were like, um, Hello. That was cool. Like, <laughs> I was like, yo, you see her feet right now. And yeah. right. And so just to see like the actual transition and then no, you don't even have to have the sun on you for that to happen. I know. It's just that ambient heat will make the, the melanin pop. I know. And I was yeah, like, man, cool. no wonder why I've always been like, no, it's you're, crazy. You just, your body reacts because it's, you're a sun person. It's so Black crazy. folks are sun people. We react to it. You know what I mean? We work with it. Like that. And black people do burn. By the way, oh, and, yeah. and it's like it. I do. Girl, know. Hold of the com- girl, we have literally been almost talking for two hours because this conversation has been yeah. amazing. Yeah. And yes. I don't. Gen- I literally look at the clock more than this and kind of gauge and talk <laughs> and wrap it up. But I'm sorry, I went so much longer. I don't apologize. Uh, yeah, for that. we never apologize these days. That's why it's like, oh my That's goodness, true. we are like up in here. If anyone's following me on Instagram, which you should, um, <laughs> then you guys have been tagged. They can find you there too. Yeah, you guys follow so we can yeah. follow each other. And I have a program where I work with white moms that have black children, and I do. A, it's called cultural mentorship, and so they can what? hire me, and I will talk to them about creating a white a black household for their black children and oh how they actually God. navigate their black child through this this climate so yeah people can hire me through my website people can hire me through black gold to do uh, cultural oh mentorship yeah it's That's important amazing. it's for real so i want to say thank you again to the, my patreons who have been supporting me and if you're not supporting me please go to www.patreon.com forward slash black girl from eugene underscore one five dollars a month makes a huge huge difference and um, I'm able to support the um, as we're looking for grants and we're looking for money to support black gold um, that's happening we're looking for donations coming through our website all those things so please support us please support WRRN please support black women in the community in your community, wherever you might be, look for us. We're out here creating in crisis. Yes, right? we are. There All right. Is. That's there my is. girl from Eugene, y'all. Peace out. Bye. Bye.